Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm thankful to have this opportunity with you. I'm thankful that you have chosen to be a part of our program. I might remind you of our website. You can go to www.marshillcoc.org. Again, marshillcoc.org. And we have our information about our congregation uh, and about this program, about everything that we support. Uh, all that is on our website, and you can uh, feel free to visit that. Also on our website is our basic contact information, uh, our address, 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, and then also our phone number, 615-203-3637. There's also a place on the website for you to contact us, and we would love to hear from you. If there is any way that we can help you, any way that we can assist you in any way, whether it be spiritual or uh, physical needs, whatever we can do to help you, we want to do that. And so uh, feel free to contact us uh, about the program, uh, about anything that we do. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. So feel free to contact us. As we get into our program for today, we have begun a study of the Church of the Bible. And we began looking last week at the voice of God. Today we're going to spend most of our time on the voice of history and what, uh, what history would tell us about the church in general uh, or what it believes about the church in general. Uh, but we'll look at that in a moment. Um, before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the opportunity that we have to study together. And we pray, Father, that you would bless uh, these opportunities, bless us with more of them. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to grow as individuals, help us to grow uh, spiritually speaking, help us to grow in in your ways, uh, help us to grow as your church, uh, but help us to, more than anything, to be what you would have us to be. We want to do your will as Jesus did, as he, he set that perfect example for us. And we pray, Father, that you would help us in doing your will always. We thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us and it is through Jesus, that we humbly pray to you. Amen. All right, I want to quickly uh, review a little bit of what we talked about last week. We are looking again at the voice of God. And what we are doing, uh, as far as, as that lesson is concerned, is to try to understand what God wants us to know about His church. It really doesn't matter what the world tells us or what history tells us, even though we're going to spend a great deal of time on that today. It doesn't matter what the world says about God's church. What matters most importantly, and this is really setting the stage for the rest of our study, but the most important thing to us is what God's word has to say 
about his church. If we don't have a good understanding of what God's word says about his church, then we do not have an understanding of his church, period. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't even matter what I say, unless what I am saying is the truth. And so we are looking to God's word. We want to hear what God's word has to say about his church, because nothing else really matters. And what we learn about God's word is that, first of all, the church was promised by Christ. It was even promised in the Old Testament, in Old Testament prophecy. And I think we we will get into more of that later on. But it was promised by Christ. In his ministry, in his time on the earth, he taught about his church. He foretold the coming of his church. Now, mind you that his church did not come in his birth. It did not come during his ministry on earth. It did not even come until after his death, burial, and resurrection and his ascension into heaven. You see, Jesus Christ, even though he establishes his church, even though he is the head of his church, he did not bring it into existence while he was on earth. But he put a great deal of emphasis on what his apostles were going to do in regard to teaching his church. And so as we begin looking at this lesson today, as we're actually going back, we see the church promised by Christ. And we see in what he says in Matthew 16, when he is talking to his apostles, his disciples, uh, about what men say. And again, I'll, I'll make this point. It doesn't matter what men say. And Jesus made a very good uh, point of helping them to understand it and helping us to understand that as well. When they said, that some say that he is John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He says, but who do you say that I am? Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. All this is in Matthew 16, um, beginning with verse 13. So Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He confesses his faith in Christ. And Jesus said, that's what my church is going to be established upon. It's what my church is going to be built upon. And he says in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, the rock of Peter's faith. It is upon the rock of that faith that his church is founded upon even today. But notice that he says, on this rock, I will build my, my church. 
church belongs to him. He is claiming his church as his church. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Men had a different view of who Jesus was. They all thought something different. But what Jesus says is it doesn't matter what men say. What matters is that you believe. That you believe that I am the Christ. It mattered that Peter believed that. And upon that faith, the same faith that we hold within us, the same faith that we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Uh, whenever we are, are in obedience, whenever we obey the gospel, when we're, whenever we are baptized for the remission of our sins, we confess, as Peter confesses, the same thing here because it is upon that faith that his church is founded upon, that our Christianity is founded upon and and until we have that faith and that firm belief that jesus is the christ the son of the living god we cannot be a part of that church and he built only one that's something that i really want you to understand is that that he built only one church you know jesus doesn't say i will build my churches he says i will build my church one singular and those words are are purposeful and so in colossians 1 and verse 18 we read that he is the head of the body the church one and we read in ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 tells us uh, about this church uh, about our Christianity, about how we are to be. In verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And he says there, uh, Paul writing here, inspired, says there is one, one body and one, one Spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. There is one, one body, one church. As there is one God, there is one church. That's what the Bible teaches us about the church. And that's the most important thing. If you take nothing else from this lesson today, take that there is but one church. If we are going to be the church that Jesus established, then we must be the church of the Bible. We must be members of the church that we read about in the Bible. And I've heard people comment on that. Uh, those that have come out of denominationalism, and they realize that there is but one church. Uh, We had it in one of our classes, um, I believe it was last semester or maybe the semester before, um, but it's been recently, 
But in our classes in the School of Preaching, we had a gentleman, and he made that comment. It's nice to be able to know that you are a part of the church that you can read about in the scriptures, in the Bible. Because he didn't know that before. He didn't know that you can be a member of the same church that we read about in the Bible. Well, you can be. And I pray that you are a member of that church. I pray that you are a member of the church that is founded by Christ. And only a part of that church that we read about in the Bible. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what God's word has to say about his church. But I told you before that I wanted to spend the rest of our time talking about the voice of history. This is the the uh, main focus of our lesson today. Although, again, remember that it doesn't matter what history says. It doesn't matter what man says. What matters most importantly is what God says. And so as I share this with you, I'm sharing this for your information, but this is not the, the main crux of what we are teaching. But let's notice the voice of history. Let, let's survey what history says about the church. And I use the term the church loosely here because we're not talking about the church of the Bible. Now we're talking about the church of the people. I guess, uh, the, the church that man has created or, or the idea even of what church is according to man. This is not the church. So don't be confused. We're talking about churches and all of these have foundations in humanity rather than in Christ. The record of past centuries tells us about many movements and many churches, but all of these, again, are founded by man. And I don't want you to to feel like I'm singling anyone out. I'm not. And I'm not speaking out against these churches because I want to be hateful or anything like that. What I want to do is present the scriptures I want you to understand what the scriptures say, and I want you to understand that what man teaches is not always correct. I want you to know the truth, and I am telling you the truth as according to the scriptures, as according to God's word. But this is the record of the past centuries. This is what man says about the establishment of the church. Let's begin by looking at Roman Catholicism. The Roman Catholic Church was established in Rome, not in Jerusalem as is promised in the Old Testament even, but it was established in Rome. It was established in 606 AD, whereas the the Church of the Bible, we learn, was established after Jesus' resurrection, somewhere we're guessing about 33 A.D. So that's uh, from the time that, that Christ was born to the time that he died. The establishment 
of the church, the church of the Bible, is after his resurrection, almost immediately after his resurrection on the day of Pentecost. The Roman Catholic Church was established in 606 AD, and it was established by Boniface III, who assumed the title of Universal Bishop. That's one. Let's look at another. The Lutheran Church. And these are the some of the oldest established churches that that man can think of, that, that we can can remember, okay? The Lutheran Church was established in Germany in 1520 AD by Martin Luther, and really more so by his followers than Martin Luther himself. Uh, he wanted to uh, establish a church in uh, opposition of the Catholic Church. He did not believe in the Catholic Church and the things that they practiced and taught, and he made that very well known, and he, he posted his thesis to the door of the Catholic Catholic Church. So his church was more so in opposition. It is what we would refer to as a Protestant church, and maybe the first Protestant church in protest of Roman Catholicism. But even Martin Luther told his followers not to attach his name to this church, and of course they did, calling it the Lutheran Church. You also have the Episcopal Church, which is really uh, basically Roman Catholicism wrapped up in a different name to uh, a great degree. It was established in England in 1534 A.D., by Henry VIII. And if you'll remember the story of Henry, he wanted to divorce his wife. I'm wanting to say Catherine. And he wanted to marry someone else. And the Catholic Church didn't allow for divorce. So what did he do? He created his own church in which he could divorce. And so uh, the Episcopalian Church is still around today, but again, it was established by man. You have the Presbyterian Church that was established in Switzerland in 1536 A.D. by John Calvin. And there's a great deal to be said about um, the, the, the teachings of Calvinism. Calvinism is found in almost every denomination today. You have the Baptist Church that was established in Holland in 607 A.D. by John Smith. And you have the Methodist Church established in England in 1739 A.D. by John Wesley. Bringing this a little closer to home, you have the churches that were founded in America. You have the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Mormon Church that was founded in 1830 A.D. by Joseph Smith. You have the Adventist Church established in 1830 A.D. by one William Miller. 
the Christian scientists, Scientology. Uh, and I, I believe this is the same as the Church of Christ scientists, which is not the same as the Church of Christ that, that we identify ourselves as today. Uh, but uh, Scientology, 1866 A.D. by Mary Baker Eddy. And you have the Jehovah's Witnesses in 1872 A.D. by Charles T. Russell. And we have a, a whole other movement that has come along since uh, all of these churches that I've mentioned today. You have that of the Pentecostals or the non-denominational churches. Uh, these are often independent of one another at least to some degree, and they have many various names that they identify themselves with, some simply as such and such church. And they teach and they practice many different things regarding worship, salvation, and faithfulness, even in and of themselves. They teach many things. Uh, there are many traditions that either they will hold to or they will exclude for one reason or another, uh, but that's all that they are. These are just traditions, um, and so they they have their own um, belief system, or maybe what they believe the Bible says. Members of these churches are often opposed to the practices of denominational churches, and they come along kind of in the form of the Lutheran Church or the uh, Episcopal Church, whether they where those two were in opposition to Roman Catholicism, these have come along in opposition to the Protestant churches, the ones that protested the Catholic church. And so they have many different practices, many different beliefs, but basically these are all opposed to what, you know, a lot of cases, what they've been raised in. Uh, what they understand is not the truth, and they're seeking the truth, uh, maybe in a misguided way. And then we have the churches of Christ, and we are very different than any of these. Even uh, there are a lot of people that see them in very much the same way. They see us as another denomination. And that's not what we are. That's not what we intend to be. We do not want to be just another denomination. But we are seeking to do things according to the scriptures. And so we are very strict about uh, the way that we uh, look at the scriptures and the way that we, we take things from them. We are very strict and very adamant about the fact that we want to do everything with Bible authority. And so, uh, as and uh, I don't know if you can hear me or not, I, I check periodically sometimes throughout my lesson, and I cannot hear anything. So I'm not sure that you can hear me or not. Um, but I'm going to keep going. Um, but anyway, uh, we have the Churches of Christ. We stand opposed to denominations and denominationalism were very strict about taking the authority of the scriptures that we only do the things that are in 
the authority of God's word. And if God's word is silent about it, then we're simply silent as well. Whenever we look at denominations, we do not intend to be a denomination. We want to go back to being what the Bible teaches. We want to be the church that the Bible teaches. And if we cannot be a part of that church, then really what are we doing? But as far as denominations, our view, and this is not to be mean, we're not trying to be uh, some in some way inclusive only of ourselves. But we want to do things according to the Bible. And we do not believe that denominations are taught in the Bible. We believe in one church and one church alone. We believe in being the church that we find in the scriptures. Divine prophecy and inspired history affirm that the church of Christ began in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, 33 A.D., which would exclude all these denominations that have been created later on. Even the earliest that we we recognize being the Roman Catholic Church that wasn't established until the 600s A.D. And even the name. I don't want you to get tied to the name Church of Christ either because Church of Christ does not refer to us as a denomination. It doesn't just differentiate us. It does. But it doesn't just differentiate us from those that believe differently than we do. But it is the name that was given to the church even in Romans 16, 16. We were referred to as the Church of Christ, the church belonging to Christ. It was also once referred to as the Christian church. And it's not about the name necessarily. We do want to differentiate ourselves from denominations. But these are names that are found in Scripture. And even the church of God is referred to in Scripture as the church of God, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. That's the church that we endeavor to be, the church that we read about in scriptures. If we cannot be a part of the church that we read about in scripture, then we really have no basis for our faith. We want to be the church that Christ founded, not that man founded. And as you look at denominations, I know that it has been said that, you know, if we were to go back to the first century, if we were to go back to the beginning of the church. If you were to ask anyone there, they could not point you in the direction of the Baptist church. For instance, because the Baptist church wasn't founded until 1607. They couldn't even point you in the direction of the Roman Catholic church because it wasn't in existence until 606 AD. So, we, we don't want to be a part of these man-made churches. We want to be a part of the church of the Bible. And the main question is going to be, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to believe in regard to the church of the Bible? And what the church of the Bible actually is. Are you going to believe God? If so, then that means we're striving in every way to be the church promised 
and established by Christ, the church we truly read about in the Bible? Or are you going to believe man, following the traditions and teachings brought forth and decided upon by men? The churches that history presents to us, we do not read about in the Bible. We read about their human founders and the places in which they were founded do not coincide with what is taught in Scripture. Who are you going to believe? God or man? As an individual, you will be judged. The question is, are you willing to take the test? To find your church in the pages of the New Testament scriptures. And if you cannot find your church in the New Testament, are you going to be willing to step away? Are you going to be willing to truly seek the church of the Bible? Who shall be able to stand? I hope this lesson has been helpful to you. I hope you were able to hear it all the way to the end. Uh, If not, then we'll figure out another way of doing this later. But anyway, thank you for being with me today. And I hope that this has been helpful to you in some way. I look forward to being back with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And until we meet again, may God bless you.